Aloha. I'm so excited to share this podcast with you. I got to sit down with Olympian Maggie Malone the other day. Uh, she is an Olympic javelin thrower. She went to the Rio Olympics and she's training for Tokyo quite successfully. And Maggie is one of my clients as well and one of my friends as a result. So I'm excited to share with you this podcast where we talk about our theme for the month, champion mentality, but more than that, how Maggie got to where she is and some of the challenges she had to overcome. I hope you enjoy it. Mahalo. Aloha, Sam Monteleone, uh, mam808.com. And we're here with the Warrior Community Podcast today. And I'm so excited to have Olympian Maggie Malone as my guest. Maggie is not only a true champion, but she is also a great friend. So I'm super excited to have this time to visit with her and share our visit with you. Um, Aloha, Maggie. I'm so excited to talk with you, Cynthia. I love this and just love the community you've built. Well, thanks. Uh, you know, I just really felt the the passion and the mission to um, start this community because so many people, as uh, especially as the age, but really at any age, are struggling to figure out what is the best way to be healthy and what is the best course of action they can take for anti-aging and, you know, just to be the best version of themselves, of course. And so through my research and my mentor, of course, you know, my mentor, Charles Polican, um, have discovered that this high intensity work is really the way to go for um, better aging. And so, um, you know, started out with, with this, the book and writing about sprinting, but really, um, ran out of time because I'm committed <laughs> to my clients. And so I'm excited to have this community podcast to bring more information to this community, warrior community. And um, yeah, just l bring in my, who's in my world. And you're definitely in my world. We talk a lot because yeah. you're one of my favorite clients. No. Of course, don't tell everybody else. <laughs> um, but, uh, as we, yeah, I, I appreciate you so much, Maggie, because you um, listen to what I say. You ask great questions, which our theme for this uh, interview is champion mentality. And I guess, you know, that's the number one thing is, you know, champions do ask questions. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that. But I really just appreciate you and appreciate everything you do. And you do um, sprint in high intensity because you throw the javelin. So yeah. why don't you tell everybody just kind of a little bit about um, maybe like, where you went to college and how yeah. you achieved that record. And then um, if you want to, we can get into it, but a little bit of the challenges you faced after, after your first Olympic and how yeah. we kind of worked on coming back from that. And we'll throw in the champion mentality in that. So yeah. why don't you just give us a little bit of background? No, that's okay. Absolutely. Um, so I always start with, I'm from a small town in Nebraska. Um, so I went to a small, small school. Uh, I did track, volleyball, softball, literally every sport that you can think of, um, was a jumper and sprinter, uh, but very average, like very, very average. Um, and we didn't have javelin in high school or really growing up, but I did learn in college. And so I went to Nebraska first. So went to school there for two years, um, learned how to throw the javelin, was recruited as a heptathlete, which is so embarrassing um, because now that I know elite heptathletes, I'm like so embarrassed to even think that I could even compete. Like obviously with Annie, who I love, you love, and it's like, we're just not on the same level. Um, so I'm very happy that javelin was my event that I, I learned for like, I guess, just learned how to compete in. And so learned that, transferred then to Texas A&M, Giga Maggie's, uh, went there my junior and senior year and had a horrible first year. When I first transferred there, like I gained like 20 pounds. Like I was just like bulked up and didn't know how to throw the javelin. My coach was like trying to break me down from a technique side and was very frustrated. I was projected to win nationals that year because I had such a great year with um, Nebraska. And so I just really did not perform well and was frustrated by it. And so then after that year, I decided, I was like, I'm never going to feel like this again. Like I hate losing, um, which is that champion mentality. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to do everything I can from my limited knowledge at the time to make sure that I have a great season next season, my senior year. And so then uh, between my junior and senior year that summer, I like committed myself to losing weight. So I lost the 20, 25 pounds. I got strong. I was in the weight room. I was sprinting a lot. I was doing a lot of sand stuff. 
I was monitoring my nutrition as best as I could, which is hilarious looking back now after working with you. I'm like, <laughs> you had no idea what you were doing. Um, and so had an awesome season. I came out that year, um, the, my junior year, I got like ninth at, at nationals. And then my senior year, I ended up winning every meet that I competed in. I threw 62 meters, which is the collegiate record now. I don't know if it'll still be there, but it's there now. Uh, and then won nationals, won the Olympic trials and, um, was the, one of the, I think the first female to win a national and Olympic trials in the same year. So, Got to be an Olympian and got to compete in Rio then, which was a dream that I never anticipated for myself. But well, let, let's stop there for a second because yeah. there's, yeah. there's a lot that just, you know, you went through already from <laughs> from high school to college. Like yeah. I, ha I actually had no idea that you considered yourself average in high school. That's <sighs> shocking to me because yeah. you're <laughs> such, you are such the epitome of a warrior, you know, um, especially coming from Hawaii where the warriors literally threw spears yeah. all the time. So to me, like I always just picture you that way. Oh. And so it's shocking to me that you considered yourself <laughs> average and um, to those who don't know, the heptathlon has javelin in it. So that's yep. probably how you were introduced to javelin. Yeah. Yeah. And in high school here, we can't have javelin in Hawaii yeah. either. So wild because like yeah. you said, your roots, like your warriors, the people on the island would throw. That's crazy that they wouldn't have they, Surely I would say yeah. their DNA would have that coding too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and indeed they are great throwers in general, like Polynesians, um, I, I would say as a whole are, um, terrific performers in, yeah. in throwing. So, um, but yeah, that's really surprising. And, um, when you, when you gained your weight, sorry, yeah. when you gained your weight, um, in college, would you attribute it that to like stress or like, um, just mm -hmm. not, um, like eat, like eating foods that were junk food or something like that, like being in social settings or like, what do you think? I'm just curious as to what you think made you gain that weight yeah. that you transferred. That's such a, that's a really good question. Um, I think that I was, I had limited myself all through high school and everything. I was like very particular about what I was eating and like very controlled. And then when I became a thrower, I was told that you need to be strong and big. And so I was just not monitoring anything. Like I would go to our like nutrition center and like get a waffle with peanut butter and just like scarf it down. And I would just eat whatever because I was like, I'm a thrower. I'm fine. Like, uh -huh. so it's really misinformation. Yeah. And, like, and, I, and I love to, um, I love to, I'm sorry to interrupt. I love to. Um, talk about how throwers don't need to be big and they yes. can perform better with lean muscle mass. Yeah. Um, so I love that, that, you know, it was really, it sounds like you were just kind of steered in the wrong direction because of tradition of throwers being larger and, yeah. you know, and gave you like free reign to do whatever and eat whatever. And then it didn't work out. So that's yeah. a lesson carrying forward. Yeah. yeah. And I, I would say stress too, like, my, I'm not, I'm embarrassed about it, but I would go home and I would just like eat peanut butter straight from the container. And I was mm -hmm. just like, would eat with banana chips and all this crap. Like, yeah, didn't care. I was just stressed and I was like, I need food, which is right. Uh, and also <laughs> thought it was fine. Right. Yeah. yeah so. and I was like, it's fine. <laughs> okay. So tell us, um, tell us a little bit about fast forward and back to Rio. Yes. Um, just give us like a brief maybe recap of your favorite things about being in Rio. Oh man. Well, favorite things about Rio. Number one, the entire world is like in a two mile radius. So you literally have so much culture and everybody that you have admired or looked up to or have seen on TV is like right there and right, you know, you're experiencing the same things with them and you're getting to talk to them and ask questions. And, and like you said, like great athletes ask questions. One of my favorite parts about Rio was the way that they set up the, um, the village, each country had their own building. And so on the floors, they would have like hangout rooms. And so one of the floors a bunch of track athletes were there and it was so cool just to sit and observe and see like Allison Felix talking with, you know, Ashton Eaton and so-and-so and, and all these like great athletes that you have grown up watching and talking about training and what they're working on and what they think about jumps or sprints or whatever it is. And really just picking each other's brains. And then also being so just 
committed to watching USA in whatever sport. So we're watching it on TV together. We're celebrating everybody like in the rooms. If somebody would come across that finish line, like the whole room would erupt, which is I love that. one of the most incredible moments to be a part of. And just like that feeling of pride of being a part of the United yeah. States. And seeing- yeah. That gave me chills. Like yeah. it's, it's super, it's like, it transcends any kind of, um, race or politics you know it's like you you really track and feel especially for your country i i definitely have the same experience running for team USA. like you just come together and nothing else matters but your but your teamwork as an american and as team usa and it's just it's a beautiful thing because it really brings people together it does and it's that's why i think I'm, i'm happy that they postponed the olympics and even though it's different now Because at the time we thought, oh, we could have the spectators and you can have, you know, it would be different at this point. And I wish that they had that because the Olympics is made to be a uniting event. Like this is a unifying event for the entire world to be a part of. And so the the, the fact that we're not going to have that experience is a little sad, but I understand the pride will still be there. The joy will still be there. But yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite moments. I also got to see Michael Phelps's last race, which was incredible. Um, and then I got to see the gymnasts and just, just all of it. Like, I, but for me, it is more, and you know me, it's like connection. Like when you get to connect with an athlete and ask questions and, and hear their story, like that is the most just transformative experience that you can have. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And I love that because you're, you're basically surrounded by, you know, the elite athletes of the whole world. Yes. And, and it dawns on you perhaps that you are also in this category. <laughs> like they're looking at yeah. you the same way, right? Like, yeah. that, did you, like think about that and how proud you must have been of yourself to be there. Yeah. I was and also like, how did I get here? I'm like, I'm from a small town in Nebraska. Like, how did I even end up here? This is crazy. But I love, I love that because I always say <laughs> too, like, hey, I was not, I was not an Olympian when I was yeah. a um, Division One athlete. Okay, so I was never at that level, and so I like that this appeals to everyone who thinks that you know they're just average too, because. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you're, you say, I'm just this, you know, from a small town in Nebraska, yeah. <laughs> like anyone, I feel like anyone can do anything. And the only limits are your mental limits, yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, yes, we all have different physical levels of talent, mm-hmm. but my passion is to teach others that you can be the superhero warrior version of you. So yeah. just because, you know, you might be whatever is average for you, you can go beyond that. And yeah. so I think you're the living proof of that. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I love that. That's just such a great experience. Um, and so before we get into like, I have some questions for you about what yeah. you do for your mentality and, and things yeah. like that. Um, after the Olympics, you had a little bit of a setback um, health-wise and um, that's when we connected yep. and you were feeling frustrated because you were having some some like um, symptoms with like, um, you know, different things like skin issues and things like that. And the doctors couldn't tell you what was wrong with you, or they just wanted to give you prescription drugs. Yeah. And um, I'm not a doctor. I don't try to be a doctor, but I do read patterns and I know sometimes what's the best way of eating and what are some supplements that you can take for these different things. So that's how we connected. So do you want to just give us a brief um, recap of that? Whatever. I was going to say, even like right after Rio, I felt super burnt out from just the, I'd been competing for, I I did not take a day off for like 13 months. So I felt super burnt out there. And then also combining nutrition wasn't all the way there either. Even though I was succeeding, I think I was succeeding in spite of what I was eating. Like it was like in spite of it, but I think right after that I was having back issues. And even honestly, when I set the collegiate record, I had a back spasm like that, that week. So I was having back issues. I had fractured my heel. Like I had a bunch of injuries leading up. And then when we connected, I had like, was coming back into the sport was really just like motivated again to try and and really compete. Cause I was frustrated. I was ready to leave after the injuries. I was like, this sucks. And which is just, a part of the sport, but I met you and I was so upset. Like I, Annie had connected us because I was going through skin issues. I was getting all these bumps on my, my arms and legs and they would swell. And I didn't know why. And it was so painful. 
And I didn't, and I would go to doctor after doctor after doctor. And they're like, oh, it's a spider bite or, oh, you know, it's this or that. Let's give you a shot. Let's give you a steroid pack. Let's give you this. And so nobody could ever tell me the answer. They're just like, here's this drug that'll make it go away. And it did go away for like a month. And then I would get one two months later. And they were so painful to the point where I could not like extend my arm if it was on my elbow or my knee. Um, yeah, and so, how are you going to throw like that? <laughs> exactly, like it literally yeah. can't. Um, and I was having the nosebleeds and I was like, my energy was so low and I just felt like dizzy all the time. I was like, what is going on with my body? Something is not right. I thought like worst case scenario, I'm like, I'm sick. I need to like get tested and all this stuff. And so finally, Annie Coons, who's our, our friend Heptathlete, she was like, you need to talk to Cynthia. Like she changed my life. And I was like, okay. And she's like, Maggie, trust me. Like you just need to talk to her. And I was like, all right. And so we got connected. I think we were calling and like immediately, I just felt like you were the first person to say, okay, I think I know what's going on. Like you need to cut out dairy grains, sugar, but specifically like the grains immediately, like get this out and we're going to put you on a better diet and uh, high, higher fats. And, you know, you know, all the ins and outs of that. I know all the ins and outs, but changing the diet. And I was like, all right, well, it's better than taking drugs every single month. Like, I don't want to do that. And within like two months, it was like, hadn't had a bloody nose. My energy was better. Never had a bump. And this is when the moment I knew that you were right was when I, we had done this for like three months. I was feeling great. Mm-hmm. And I went to a cooking class and I went mm-hmm. to make pasta and I was like, Oh, I can have a bite or whatever. Like, it'll be fine. Like, I, you know, I haven't had any symptoms and I took a bite and the next day I had a bump on my calf. One of the sore bumps that like, I was like, what the heck? And I told my boyfriend, Sam, I was like, she's right. Like she's the only person that knows what's going on. Like nobody's ever told me, but like, this is a trigger. So it was yeah. transformational for real. Cause I, nobody, a doctor would have never told me that. And, and I think you were, um, if I remember correctly, you were stuck in like an antibiotics loop where the antibiotics would give you temporary relief um, for some of your skin issues, but then they weren't, they were actually making your gut health worse and, um, and you were having problems coming back for that, from that. And again, I'm not a doctor. And so I'm sure you checked with your physician, but I do remember that you were going to, to a major competition, I think in Belarus and, um, you had a skin thing and I, replaced your antibiotics with coconut oil with coconut oil with yep. your physician's approval or whatever but yes. um yeah i always say get your physician's approval yes. but um yeah so we, re- we replaced it with coconut oil and yep. topically and internally and yep. um and it went away and you didn't yep. need the antibiotics and then that stopped that cycle yeah so everyone's individual i just want to be clear about that that you know just one one person for one symptom is not the same for everyone but with you we were able to pinpoint yeah. and all of that and it's really exciting but um yeah so uh so now here you are training for Tokyo yeah and you're you just threw a personal best I believe right so, best and cur- currently ranked third in the world I, I checked my ranking oh, so all right yeah that is amazing that's really exciting so when this comes out, we're all going to be cheering for you for Tokyo oh. for sure. Like we are all on team Maggie. Thank absolutely, you. Because it just, again, you're, you're an example of what we can all be as far as going from, you know, average or what we think is average um, and, you know, impossibly not well to yeah. our superhero warrior selves. So that's, super exciting um and uh well we're i want to talk to you about what we're doing for immunity but i wanted to ask you a few questions first about about your mental strategy because i know you have great mental strategy um so i guess this community they're beginning sprinting or maybe they've had experience sprinting and they might feel like um there's some challenges to their to their mental game so I, i i believe that anything we do, whether it's parenting or our job mm-hmm. or anything, it's 90% mental. Yeah. And then that other 10% is like the skill that we develop through practicing and rehearsing and things like that. Yeah. Um, so what are some, what are some things that maybe you do in a daily practice that mm-hmm. help you? Like, what do you think about doing things, you know, every day 
in order to achieve that goal? Like, how do you structure that? Do you set goals and then make a plan and then execute daily? Or like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, so I, I definitely have goals and they're written down and I know exactly what those are and can kind of check those off as I go. Um, but So you have one big goal and then you make smaller goals? Yeah, yeah, or just they're probably all big goals, but I just have them where I'm like, I know what I want and here's what I want. Um, and so I have those for sure. And then, yeah, everything that, I mean, it's, it's, this sounds very extreme, but it's like every decision that I make, I count, I'm like, does this help me get to my goal? And if it does, then do it. And if it doesn't, then you got to remove it, then it's out. So for me, a lot of times, like, I'm not going out to bars. I'm not going out. I'm not staying up past 10 o'clock. Like I'm literally in bed at nine, nine 30. I'm not, you know, hanging out, drinking beers, getting drinks. Like I don't do that. And I want to, I mean, I am the most sociable person. Like I love to be with people. And so it is, I feel FOMO all the time, but I think we've talked about it where it's like, if it does not get you to that goal of throwing 66 meters or whatever it is, then why are you doing it? Why are you making the choice to do that? And so I think the way that my mind works, I've structured it around that. That's kind of my framework. Um, but from like a motivation side, because it is our sport is hard. Like motivation is so hard. Um, but I think the reason the like the goals really are the motivator behind it. it for, for me, at least, it's like I when I don't want to go throw that day, or if I don't want to go, you know, go into the weight room and lift or do stretch, even stretching, I'm like, okay, Maggie, like, guess what? Your competitor probably is <laughs> like, you know, you're, if you want to be this and you're telling people that you want to be this, then do that. Mm -hmm. And then accountability is also a huge piece too, where it's like, right. Well, so, right. The accountability, I think yeah. that comes in and who you're surrounding yourself with. Right. So who like I always say, like, I think there's a saying Char Charles, my mentor, used to say it. Who are the five people you spend the most yeah. time with? So I think that is yeah. that's great that you bring that up because you have to ask yourself, who are you surrounding yourself with? Yes. Who are you learning from is yep. part of that, I think, like, because mm -hmm. if you're talking to someone and learning from that on a daily basis yep. or on a regular basis, that that's part of you know, who you're surrounding yourself with. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, who are you surrounding yourself with? Yeah. So for me, I mean, my number one is my boyfriend, Sam, and he helps program what I'm doing. And, um, and then obviously like we have this javelin community that we're, where we're practicing together and things are going really great right now. And I'm excited because we are all motivated to compete well. And it is easier to show up to practice and bring your best self. And just even, even when you're not feeling it, just to be with people who are all going for whatever goal they've set for themselves. And so if you don't show up, they know, and, and, and the people who love you and want the best for you, like they know, and it's, you know, it's great when they can call you out on that and help you when you're like, I really don't want to go to practice. Like I literally said that to Sam last week when he was gone, I was like, I do not want to go to practice. I'm so tired. And he's like, Maggie, just go there and do half the version. Like just do half the version and then save the rest for the right. next day. So just show up in other words. Show up. I yeah. think this is a very big part of champion mentality, actually. Yeah. Somebody just sent me a, a DM on Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. I had done like a before and after picture of what I looked like just five years ago and, yeah. you know, and just two weeks ago. And they said, what would you say is the most important change that you made? Which mm -hmm. is a really hard question because I did make a lot of changes. But yeah. I said, I committed to showing up every time, every, not every day for me. I don't practice every day, but, um, yeah. but in a way it's showing up every day because yeah. I'm still showing up for my nutrition. Yeah. I'm still showing up for my sleeping habits, just like you. Yeah. So I think um, if there were a key piece of advice for everyone, whether you're training for the Olympics or you're just, yeah. you know, trying to be your best warrior self, yeah. it's to keep showing up. So even yeah. if you're, like you said, you, maybe you don't feel like maybe, you know, something life happens and we don't yeah. get all of our sleep sometimes. And, yeah. you know, maybe we, missed we forgot to go to the grocery store so we don't have the you know the meat for breakfast or whatever yeah but, um, so you know if that happens I think still showing up is mm -hmm. is a key element like still keeping yourself accountable to show up and if you surround yourself with a, a group of people to 
help you do that, it's a lot easier. So that's one of the best ways to form a habit, right? Is to make it easy for you to have that habit, that healthy habit. Exactly. And I, I mean, I obviously, you know, Sam and like he is everything to me and is literally the reason why I think I've had any success this year is just his motivation, his planning, his just like mindset. And I would, and I've told him, but he has a selfless mindset. Let's just be clear about that. His mindset is selfless. He he actually really has a very intense champion mentality because he's constantly learning, constantly researching. How can I be better? And how can Maggie be better? So I think why he's your everything is because he allows you to be your everything. You know, like he allows you to be exactly who you are and he he pushes you higher and higher in my opinion, from a, you know, outside point of view. Yeah, no, I think it's important to find that, that, you know, that person in your life. I I think my husband's the same way. He's helping me get everything set up for today and all that stuff. But he, but that's the one thing I always say too, is he allows me to be myself. So I think it's important for people when they're, they're looking towards being a champion, Mm -hmm. um, in life to surround yourself with that person that allows you to be you at your best. Right. And they're not, they're also keeping you accountable to not be you at your worst. Yes. That's exactly right. Like he's not afraid to call me out on my bullshit and say like, Maggie, I know you're tired. It's, I understand that, but you need to show up exactly what you're saying, or you need to go do this. And it comes from a place of love. Like this mm-hmm. isn't like I'm condemning you or, you know, I'm shaming you in any way. It's yeah. I see you and I know your goals and I know where you want to get. And that's why I'm telling you this out of love. Yeah. Even when it hurts. Cause there's sometimes I'm like, you son of a gun. Like I don't <laughs> want to hear that right now. I know. But, right. It's, but it is like, I think you're so right on when you're saying you got to find that person who allows you to continue to be you and elevate you and not drag you down. And I think what, what we're lucky to have is that our partners and and hopefully mine will be a forever partner here soon. Um, (laughs) I I think what's great about it is that we do have similar goals. Like we have the same mindset where we are going for something similar. He's training for the Olympics as well. He's going for javelin. And so the lifestyle fits. If I was dating and I have dated someone before where the lifestyle did not fit, where he was drinking and partying and doing all these things mm-hmm. and it did not fit, like that was going to drag me down and it did drag me down in a lot of ways. And so to be with somebody who understands the discipline with nutrition and the like the the sleeping and um, the stretching and everything that needs to go into this, like it makes life easier and also more enjoyable because you don't feel like you're always missing out. Yes, I yeah. totally can agree with that. That's awesome. Um, okay, so let's let's see. Um, the other thing I think is um, success is not an accident. We definitely have to put in work for success. Yeah. So I think that in this day and age, a lot of people are thinking they just want instant gratification mm-hmm. and they want to instantly be a fast sprinter. They want to instantly put on spikes and go to the track and race. Yeah. But, you know, even for me, I, I remind the ladies that train with me all the time mm-hmm. um, that just started, hey, it took me five years to get to this, you know. Yeah. So it does take practice day in and day out. Yep. Um, and so the some of the pieces, of the, what are some of the pieces of the puzzle? Because you, you kind of have to have all the different pieces of the puzzle. So like, yeah. what are some of the pieces of the puzzle that, that you have to do in order to keep your champion mentality as far as training and yeah. nutrition or whatever? Man, that's a really good question. Uh, I guess the, the pieces of the puzzle for me, like it's a game plan where I'm like, here's like what I'm going to have. Like I, I map out a lot of things where I'm like, this is even the little stuff. This is breakfast. This is lunch. This is dinner. I'm planning all of this. I'm meal prepping. I know what I'm having. So I think the for a piece of the puzzle for me is you're being proactive, you're planning so that when you get to a weak moment in your day, you're not grabbing a candy bar. You're not grabbing something quick. You're like, you have your, your nuts or you have like your beef jerky or whatever it is. It's like, you have that right there and you're not grabbing something out of the blue because it's convenient. And so for me, what I, I have limited time. I work full-time job. I am training. Yeah. And so I, 
I have to have structure and I have to have things in place so that I'm successful in both areas. And so for me, a, the piece of the puzzle or the puzzle itself is just planning. Um, so I think that's at least my biggest advice is just making sure that you take care of it on the back end so that you're successful in the front end. That's awesome. That's really great advice. Um, and I think there's something that you mentioned that's really important in that too, is that you said you have to plan. You didn't say Sam has to plan for me or my yeah. coach has to plan for me <laughs> or somebody else has to make my food for me. Yeah. Or if, if I don't do it right, it's, it's their fault. So yeah. I, I think part of having a champion mentality is taking ownership yes. of your life and, and saying like, this is my responsibility. It's my responsibility to wake up on time. And mm -hmm. if I need to do morning training or something like this, I, 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 I kind of had a recently had this discussion with my teenage daughter um, because she's in the same boat with school right now where she's yeah. having to go to school full time, but she's still trying to fit in her training and she yeah. wants to maximize. So really it comes down to what, you know, what can you do for yourself and not blame somebody else? Um, mm -hmm. One of my favorite quotes that um, I have on my website right now is excuses are lies. We tell ourselves so that it's not our fault. Oh, and wow. That's pretty that's harsh. So good. <laughs> I mean, but it's harsh because yeah. that means I think about it. And sometimes I catch myself doing that, especially with racing. I'll say, well, um, the wind was strong. That's my favorite one. Oh, I love that one. I don't mm -hmm. like the wind on the back stretch. Oh, yep. my God. But what a whiner I am for saying that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I find myself saying it was too hot. It was too cold. It was raining. It was yeah. that. Um, for an excuse for maybe why I didn't run the time I wanted to run. But when it yeah. comes down to it, if I, I know because I've had this experience, if I show up for myself yeah. every day and give and, you know, take ownership of what I'm eating, how much I'm sleeping, did I remember to take my supplements? Yeah. Um, which supplements might I need more? Because supplement requirements always change um, more or less of that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, did I do everything? I guess the champion mentality is like, did I do everything to make sure I am my best version of myself? Yes. And for performance, it's, you know, so I can have my maximum performance. Yeah. And did, I don't say like, oh, it's so-and-so's fault because yeah. this and that. So I think maybe um, a good way for people to embrace this champion mentality is by eliminating blaming anyone else for anything. Yeah. Like, and just really taking ownership and you, in a, in a way that's not like self-deprecating, like you're not saying like, oh, I suck because I did this. Yeah. Champions don't do that. No. I, I, I'm going to let you all in on a secret. <laughs> you can, you're going to agree with me on this. Yeah. Champions really don't think bad of themselves, yeah. even if they have a bad performance. Yeah. They don't say, I suck. They yeah. say, I didn't have a good performance that day. Yeah. And why that's important is because you should never focus on like the winning outcome. You should focus on the winning performance, right? Mm -hmm. So you execute your performance, you practice every day your performance, and you execute each part of that performance. And Javelin is extremely technical. Yeah. So I, we, oh my gosh, that would take us all day to probably dissect <laughs> where you're just, it looks like you're just running up and throwing, yeah. but it's like, oh my gosh, the training you have to do for that. Yeah. But, so I guess like, it's really important, I think, for people to empower themselves and know that you are in control. And that actually makes you feel better because you know that you can control these things to get to your goal. So, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And I would say, too, with that, when you do have a poor performance, because it's not always going to be great. Like, that's the one thing that I have had to accept in the career, too, where it's like there are some days where you just it, it doesn't click. And that's OK. And I think that's the one thing that I've worked the most on in the last year, which is when I've had bad practices or when I've had a bad competition or whatever it is to give yourself grace and say, okay, I met, I messed up or I didn't compete great. What went wrong? How can we improve and get back to the drawing boards and get better? Because what I was doing maybe in the years that I wasn't competing well, it was the oh my gosh, you suck. Like everybody else is going to beat you. Like, what are you doing? Like so harsh to yourself. And I, I've been working with a mental coach a lot and he's been so great in helping me just say, it's okay. Like you can give yourself grace. Like if you mess up, it's okay. 
Like your identity, who you are as a person is not attached to that number that you see on the scoreboard. And I think that's a big piece that people, like if it doesn't come instantaneously, or if you don't get the result you want, even if you did everything in your capacity to set you up there, I think you can still walk away and say, I did the best that I could. And I know I did the best that I could. I, I showed up. I did everything that I could do today. And it just wasn't there. And I'm hope, and I'm going to do what I can next time. And I'm going to show up. And I, hopefully it's a different result. And yeah. that's where I think people need to get to. Because like you're saying, if you continue just to, to braid yourself, what good is that going to do? You're never going to want to show up. You're never going to want to go to practice or do anything because you're continuously telling yourself you're a failure. You're, you're failing in some area. Right. And um, the best part, I love what you said, because I remember um, my mentor, Charles, talking about coaching um, Helen Morales, uh, the first female wrestler to win a gold oh, at, wow. at Rio. Yeah. And, um, and he said that, as, you know, as soon as she would come off the mat, she would say, okay, what? what, what did you see? What can I fix? What can I do yes. differently? Yep. You know, and I think that we're, I can relate to that because I'm yes. always doing that. I'm always dissecting my performance. Yep. Um, and it's just, it's not only in, um, sport, it's in mm-hmm. life too. So you can always say like, how can I be better at parenting or yes. how can I be better at my job? If you yep. know, you love your job, if you don't love your job, you should probably leave your job. Um, <laughs> that's another story. And follow your passion. I'm a big part of that. But you can empower yourself to do that. Like you can set that as a goal and make a plan to execute the performance for that goal. Like it really, I think, applies to everything, really. And so there, I think champions are always saying, um, okay, what can I do better? And who can I learn from to make it better? So it's awesome that you mentioned you had a mental coach um, because you're, you're, you're constantly asking the questions on how I can get better and you're, seeking out the best person to do that. So like the best in the world, you're like, I really feel like you're seeking the best in the world. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that's a good, a good piece of advice for anyone, Mm -hmm. whatever they're learning to do or whatever they want to be a champion at is to seek the, seek that advice. Yes. Ask the questions and ask how I can do better next time. No, I agree. And I love that you say that because I think I have the best team around me and I call you guys the Avengers and it's perfect because <laughs> you're like my Wonder Woman in this, even though well, I, know, I think event, uh, Wonder Woman's DC Comics, my daughter would specify. So. I was just going to say, I know that she's not in it, but I feel like I have this group of superheroes that is just like around me and helping me in the specific areas. So strength and conditioning with Malcolm and you and nutrition and uh, Taylor and my mental, like all of these people who I have sought out in some area and with your connections or other people's connections, it's like this team allows me to perform at the highest that I can reach. Like at least it's going to help me get there. Uh, and I don't, and I know I wouldn't get there with, especially without you and definitely without the other people too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, I, for those who don't know, is uh, uh, Sam was asking me a bunch of questions about strength training. He was really into Charles's work. And so I hooked Sam up with my strength coach, Malcolm William, who I think is just absolutely amazing. Um, and so you guys have been training with Malcolm yes. and have seen a difference. So that's really cool. Shout oh out gosh. to Malcolm. Yeah, <laughs> what, we did, what we both did is we sought out the best. I knew that yeah. he was one of Charles's top students and one of his favorites. Um, and so I, you know, I asked him if he would train me of like three years ago. And I knew from the increases in my strength that uh, and learning from him that just he's amazing. So I passed him along to you guys and yeah. you guys are also thriving under him and learning so much. He's the most incredible coach. Like I, I've never, and you said, you said this from the get, you said he's so collaborative, Maggie and open-minded and willing to just figure out, okay, what works for you? How can we get there? And he's so knowledgeable and has no ego attached, which yeah, is rare. We can both, this is very rare. I feel like in coaching in general. And so mm-hmm. he is, he's, the, he's yeah. incredible. He he's is genuinely, incredible. genuinely interested in seeing you have your best performance. Yes. Um, and that's how I think everyone should be. And that's how I feel about this warrior community is my, mm-hmm. my passion is to see everybody have their best yeah. performance in life. Yes, <laughs> so exactly. how can I do that? How can I share the information for that? Yeah. So, um, okay, cool. Let's uh, briefly talk about 
what okay so this month i do a supplement review every month and this okay. month instead of one supplement i'm reviewing the immunity bundle which is zinc d3 yeah. and curcumin okay and you take all three of those and you had a, an interesting experience with COVID this year, or should I say non-COVID this year. Yeah. Um, and we, we do think that a lot of this is due to these um, these supplements. So, yeah. um, and the glutamate, of course, too, my favorite oh, yeah. one. Glutamate yeah. really builds immunity with the mucosal lining of your gut from the glutamine and glycine. Um, mm -hmm. And then the uh, curcumin is an isotope for zinc. So it basically opens your cells and allows the zinc to go in more. So, um, so you had, you had a couple brushes with COVID this year and yes, no um, COVID, tested negative. So no COVID. Yeah. I live with six other people. Um, every single person in my house, except for Sam and me, Sam and I, we were the only people who never got COVID this whole year and had the PCR. To, at one point we were like, we had to have had it. And we went and got tested again and no, no, uh, no antibodies, nothing. They're like, you've never had COVID and you still don't have COVID. And so at multiple times throughout the year, I, and at work as well, every single person in my office has had COVID maybe except for just like a couple people. And I have not had it there and I did not have it in the house. And I'm living with these people, sharing everything and have been and safe. Sam and, also takes these supplements. And Sam, yeah, and Sam also. Are also sponsored by ATP Labs. So you get yes. your ATP Labs supplements every month. So, yep. yeah. ATP so, is incredible. But I will literally use this until the day I die, which I feel like with using ATP, I'm going to live to be like 150. <laughs> <laughs> Still throwing that javelin. Still throwing a javelin. Yes, but yeah. it has been amazing. Zinc. Yeah. I mean, I take these religiously, like twice right. a day. Zinc, curcumin, glutamine, all of it. I take. Yeah, and then the what was the uh, the D three? I've been taking that since you've said that, and I feel amazing. And also. Right. Well, yeah, I'm so glad that we talked about what kind of supplements um, and diet and things uh, are helping people. Uh, possibly prevent COVID because um, I think what our health officials really need to look at instead of just what prescription drugs or what vaccinations we can do is overall, what can we do to make everyone metabolically healthier? Mm -hmm. Because we're always going to have a virus. We're always going to have some sort of disease. Yeah. Uh, it's just nature. It's just, it's happened over the centuries. It's going to happen again. Um, we won't get into the whole uh, where the virus came from and all that stuff, because that's a whole other story. But um, yeah. whether it's man-made or nature, it's going to be uh, something that we all have to face. And so because of that, I think it's better to study how do we make ourselves more metabolically healthy instead of, you know, eating these processed foods and these foods that aren't good for us. Like, how can we make ourselves warriors in our health so that we can you know, be in a room where other people maybe have caught the virus. Well, hopefully they're healthy too and they don't catch it, but you know what I mean? <laughs> and we don't catch it, you know? So yeah. I think it's just amazing. We, we need the, the health officials need to study people like you who have been exposed and they haven't caught it. So yeah. that's just my, my opinion about that. Um, okay. So uh, I do have one last question for you. Um, and uh it is, what is the fa your favorite thing that you have learned in the past two years? Yes. I know you've probably learned so much stuff. You're, I know. You know I'm, you're I'm such like, a champion and you're surrounded by all these people who are teaching you things all the yeah. time. So, um, you know, can it I, could be anything as small or big. It, can I break it into three? Can I break it into three? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't narrow it down. Um, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. Num the number one, number one, I'll say is the nutrition piece. I like, are you just saying that because you're on my podcast? <laughs> I maybe no, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm saying that because it's so true. I would have never had steak for breakfast. I would have never eaten the way that I have. I wouldn't have changed anything, and I would have continued to have an illness in my body or some sort of sickness. And I would, it would, I would never have figured it out. So that's the, probably the best thing. And then from a performance standpoint, I mean, it has changed everything with the supplements and the nutrition. I mean, that combination, I feel like is so deadly in a, in a good way. Uh, and so that's my first one. 
The second thing I have realized or learned is the power of sleep. Uh, I heard, I don't know if you know who Matt Frazier is, but he's a CrossFitter. He's incredible, like five-time world champion. And he said this on a podcast and it has stuck with me ever since. He said, if people knew how, uh, how like impactful or powerful sleep was, then, and if it came in like a powder form, they couldn't keep it on the shelves. Like it is so influential to your performance and how you show up every single day. Like that that to me has been the biggest game changer of like getting sleep. Yeah. It's the and biggest recovery. And sleep um, actually um, encourages growth hormone, uh, which we lose as we age. So there are so many different, and that's early sleep, early in the night sleep. Um, yeah. Also, our um, glymphatic system is most active earlier in the night, but is still active anytime we're in deep slow wave sleep. Um, and that's important, the glymphatic system to clean our brains out from the amyloid beta plaques that cause yeah. Alzheimer's. And that's really important because um, some people are more susceptible to Alzheimer's than others, which I definitely want to talk for one second about um, the injustice of some nutritionists, mm -hmm. especially in the colleges and yeah. universities and different places where they are pushing sugar as yeah saying athletes need sugar. And I think you've had this experience. We won't say who or where, but you've had the experience where someone has told you like you need sugar. Yeah, and, yeah. and it turns out that, um, you know, you might have an APO allele that makes you more susceptible to Alzheimer's. So what injustice it is to all of these collegiate athletes in their twenties mm -hmm. who have maybe this genetic predisposition for Alzheimer's and they're yeah. already starting to build up the amyloid beta plaque, which is definitely linked to sugar and inflammation. Yeah. Um, and these nutritionists are saying, eat more sugar. Yeah. Like this, this is completely ridiculous. Which and in my case, it is. It is linked to, with Alzheimer's. I think we talked about that. I, my dad has 12 kids in his family. Six of them have had Alzheimer's. Six of them. Yes, right. Like it definitely Very is statistic. Yeah, it is definitely in the genetics of that side of my family. And I'm, you know, pray to God, my dad doesn't have it, but that doesn't mean that I'm always immune either. Who knows? But I am like, why would you feed us this? Or why would you push that? Especially for somebody who maybe is predisposed to that. I, I don't right. know why we would do that. And, and the universities are not testing you for this. Before allele, they're, we don't they're know. not doing this testing. Absolutely and, um, not. and even if they were, the sugar is still inflammatory. It's still going to promote injury, yeah. um, especially lower leg injury. But yeah. like, it's still all around. Like, I'm very, uh, I have a very passion, a, a lot of passion about, you know, discussing this route. Yeah. And, and yeah. we work together to uh, minimize the sugar, of course, that you intake, yeah. and you're thriving. Um, yes. So, yeah. So I just wanted to mention with the sleep, because the sleep is very important for that whole process. And that is something as a person and as a champion in life that you have to be aware of. So yes. not only is the sleep better for your athletic performance, but it's yes. also getting getting making sure that you make that daily choice to get that sleep yes. is helping you with your uh, with your life performance. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> to me, is is very important for my clients, not just yeah. the athletic performance, but yeah. no, I I, if I do not get enough sleep, like even if I wasn't performing, I would be a nightmare the next day. Like I would be horrible. And so I, I, I need it. Like I just, I, I, you have to have it, but that would be my number two. And then the third one is like a combination of the, of the meditation that I've done. I've never realized how powerful meditation was before. Um, and then also just knowing that my identity is not in my sport. So it's been a combination and the two go together because through the meditation, just understanding like, okay, Maggie, like you are not a number, like you can give yourself grace. You can be compassionate to yourself. You can love yourself, give yourself, even if it's just 10 minutes in the day to sit in silence and whether that's through prayer for me or through just sitting in silence and breathing, whatever it is, it's been so powerful to my mental health. Um, it's definitely struggled, struggled with mental health in the past. So it's been enlightening and just very freeing in not only my performance, but in my personal life and relationships with other people. I, I also love that too, the meditation, because um, it, I remember my mentor, Charles, they'd ask him, what is one thing that you wish that you would ha have done earlier in life? And he always said, I wish I had learned to meditate earlier in life. Yeah. And so it's always very important. I 
I put it in my notes whenever I have a new client. I put it yeah. in the notes for them to make time to meditate. Yeah. Um, you can do some sort of visualization if you can't mm -hmm. not think of anything at first. There are guided meditations yeah. if you don't know how to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it shows because you look glowing and radiant and beautiful. Oh. And you can tell that you're <laughs> you're full of energy and yeah. you're, you know, I can we see it in your performance. We see it yeah. in your yeah. life. Um, and you're truly an inspiration to all of us, myself included. You inspire me. And um, I think that you're going to inspire a lot of other people to go out there and, and be their own champion at life. And yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I hope so. And if, if anybody knows you, it's like you are the biggest champion of other people to other women and men too. But I just, I'm so thankful for you and how you've changed my life. Cause truly I'm like, I would not be sitting here. I would not be having the performance of I've, I've had without you. I would have quit the sport. I really would have. Oh, so, thank you so much. I appreciate I, that. My, I my that means more to me than and any gold medal. I always say any gold medal I could win myself. Yeah. You know, I, I, I compete for an example to others yeah. and and for my daughter. You know, inspire my daughter who also inspires me. But yeah. thank you, I really appreciate that because I I, I truly just want others to thrive and I yeah. want you to to kick ass in Tokyo. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I encourage everyone to look up Maggie. Uh, what can you tell us where we can find you? Yeah, my Instagram is just at Maggie the Aggie T H E E Aggie. Um, so really simple. And then yeah, you can find me on Facebook or anything there. But usually, I just spend most of my time on on Instagram. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll all be cheering for you. Yeah, um, thank you. Uh, we know that you're going to do great. And thank you so much for sharing yeah. all of your your ways of how you, you know, become a champion, your champion mentality and some of the things that you do. So we appreciate it. Learned it from you. So I, <laughs> thanks for being on. <laughs> All right. Mahalo. Aloha. Yeah.